You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hangtime Podcast. Joining us now, comedian Chelsea Peretti, NBA All-Star Roy Hibbert. Roy is our nation's most treasured actor. He's got chops, he's got talent, and he also has three tickets to Lakers. <laughs> With your host, Galliot Anderson, stops it now behind his head. Seku Smith, Lang Whitaker, and Rick Fox. Our next guest should have been our first guest, Isaiah Thomas. How do you think you would play in today's NBA with the rules the way they are? Be honest. Uh, average <laughs> We will win a lot. <laughs> and it's, it's our main man, Roderick Turner from the Los Angeles Times. Hey, you, can I say this first? <laughs> you know you when can. When I was covering the Lakers, when Rick Fox played, I had hair. They wore me out. Now it's time for the tip-off. Toronto, a sign of holding Denver to 21 points. Good. Oh, yeah. Man, that's 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 just crazy. What Demar Derozan can do with a basketball in a in a in a packed gymnasium, guys. Uh, welcome in, welcome in. Seku Smith from the Hangtime Blog here at NBA.com. Lang Whitaker in New York, Rick Fox in La La Land in LA. Guys, I'm in Houston actually. I'm ready for All Star Weekend. Y'all ready? Yeah, I'm ready to go. I am too. We get we're getting snow here in New York tonight, so I'm ready to get down. How's how's the weather down there? <laughs> I'm gonna take a picture and uh, send it to you. Uh, Let's just say the snow is the furthest thing from Houston's mind right now. There's, uh, uh, it's gonna be 70 degrees down here tomorrow, Lane. That, I, I'm excited, about. so I don't need to bring a coat. I wouldn't bring a coat. Uh, I'd bring one of the, you know, a couple of those long sleeve shirts that you can roll the sleeves up on when it gets cool at night, and that's it. All right. You know, or bring bring a couple of those Rick Fox specials. You know, the the see through joints where you show off the taco meat at the top, but you know <laughs> that Hollywood stuff. <laughs> you know, just a little something to keep you covered up. You know. All right. <laughs> man, what's going on, Rick? How you doing, man? We, you know, I'm good. Been? Just passed crazy, just passed crazy horse on the ten, heading out to Ontario, California. For those of you that are part of the Crazy Horse, there's now one next door to the Westfield Mall. Go figure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> never been there myself personally. Just heard about it. Um, I'm good though, man. This is this is the this is the time of year where we get to celebrate the world's greatest game, man. So I'm I'm looking forward to landing in Houston and getting uh, situated and getting uh, settled into celebrating. Uh, our great, our great game and our great players around it. No, that's right. No, that's right. It, uh, listen, it's already cranked up, man. I was in the lobby checking in. Um, Cheryl Swoops was trying to, you know, sneak into the hotel, kind of incognito with the hat pulled down. Recognized her instantly. Ron Harper, you know, coming into the hotel, checking in. He's hard to miss. You know what I'm saying? Um, such a familiar face, and it's just gonna be like that all weekend down here um, in Houston. It's pretty, you know, it's pretty interesting. The signs are already up. Obviously at the airport, you know, so you come in and see it all and you know what's going on. I'm, I will be curious though that, you know, I was thinking about this, um, as I was coming in guys. This is, this is David Stern, NBA Commissioner David Stern's last All-Star weekend as the, you know, as the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't heard anything in terms of, you know, send-offs or big plans, you know, for what might happen. So I'm assuming we're going to get surprised by something if it does happen, but, uh, 
you know, this is kind of one of his, you know, he's, he was one of the, the architects of the, the spectacle that our, you know, that All-Star Weekend has become. Right. Uh, any thoughts from either of you on just, you know, his legacy and how that'll play out this weekend? I was thinking I, I can't wait to see. I was hoping we could get Rick and him together so Rick can complain about that fine he got. <laughs> Whatever that <Yeah>. was. <laughs> Yeah, trust me. I, I've been I've been banging on that door to no avail for eight eight nine years running now. Uh, so unless he's unless he's gonna pardon me like he pardoned like a presidential pardon, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever see the I don't know if, I don't know if my money will ever see the freedom of the NBA. <laughs> uh, you know, penalty, fine, uh, fault. Uh, but. But you know that's a, that's a long history. He's had a great run. He's done great things uh, for the owners in the league, and I think the players have also benefited if they were to they were to come off their competitive battles with the commissioner from time to time about all the changes in the rules. And uh, I think he's always moved to try and make the game the best uh, event in sports. And it's hard to argue that he hasn't taken it global, and we've all you know we all benefited from it. So you know it'll be interesting to. See how how they celebrate and say goodbye to him this All Star Weekend. Maybe they'll wait till next year to actually do it up in a big fashion. But but Adam Silver is coming in, and uh, I've known Adam for a little bit too, so I'm happy for, and excited for him. Yeah, I'm. I, you know, it's it's kind of a, a strange setup, you know, because All Star Weekend to me has always signaled kind of the it's really the NBA Super Bowl weekend, you know, since yeah. there isn't a one stop you know, championship game in the NBA with a series, you know, you don't have, you don't ever know when it's going to end. So it's not like you can prepare for, uh, you know, the the championship. It could end in four, it could end in five, six, seven, whatever, you know, uh, game. So this is the weekend where it seems like the whole world turns out, you know, for the NBA and uh, and a huge weekend. I just, it just, it it made me wonder, like, are, are, is, is somebody going to do something, um, you know, to kind of shout out David Stern during the weekend. And also the dynamic of David Stern and Billy Hunter being here for the last time, both of them riding out. But <laughs> one riding out, you know, gloriously, and the other one maybe not. Um, yeah. You know, so I think that dynamic will be pretty interesting this weekend as well. I'm curious if um, it does, how, how – what kind of – you know, Stern always does his press conference on Saturday night. Um, right. And I'm I'm just kind of I think that if anything is going to become a uh, sort of a retrospective or, or reflective. Also, you know, since he's on his way out, I wonder how much more uh, loose he will be or, or honest he's going to be in these press conferences. And you know, maybe he's going to speak his mind more than we've heard before. I'm curious to see if that happens or not. Uh, you know, maybe he's got a little less to lose now. Well, he's always been good to us, Lang. I mean, you know. He's been great to um, us. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've asked him for things in the past. Of course, he's laughed it off and never <laughs> responded, but we've forgiven him for it. <laughs> what are you doing? I my money back. Hey, Dave, can I get my money back? <laughs> oh, Rick, you're a funny guy, Rick. <laughs> no, yeah, man, it's, I agree. It's his moment. It's his moment. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I, I go, I, I've been known to speak my mind and, Go at people, but uh, <laughs> I don't really have I don't have any any real uh, ill feelings towards uh, Commissioner Stern. You know, I, like I said, honestly, I think the game is in a better place because of his efforts and his focus, and and so I'm grateful for what he's done. I'm grateful. I just I just yeah. you know just if he, if he wants to pardon my money, you know, <laughs> I, 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 and send it back this way, I would welcome it. I really would, and then I would take. Fifty percent of the profits, and maybe buy him a nice retirement present. You know, <laughs> just a thought. Just a thought. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that, Rick. I'm with it. Um, maybe maybe we need to. The, maybe together we all need to get David Stern a retirement, a hangtime podcast retirement gift. Yeah, that might help it, right? That might help the cause, right? Yeah, yeah. As long as he knows we're balling on a budget, he's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it won't be. <laughs> <laughs> he he won't be getting uh he won't be getting the stuff he's used to getting. I mean I'll I'll I'm glad to like send him a tweet or something. Or, uh... <laughs> it's gotta be a hang time. It's gotta be a hang time hang time uh, uh mug or yeah. t shirt somewhere, right? 
You guys get mugs? Basically. <laughs> I Basically. I mean, he's, I mean, we can't afford much. I don't know what our budget is, but Greg, you might have a better idea what our budget is, but I'm assuming it it doesn't buy the kind of gifts David Stern would be used to get. Oh, no. Uh, I'm thinking Dixie cups and some Sharpies. <laughs> We're all signing a Dixie cup. Is that what you're saying? Dollar store birthday special. I mean, Maybe you know. Like a box of champagne from somewhere or some champipple or something. <laughs> it's the hang time headlines as Seku and the guys discuss the top stories around the NBA. Sekuna Matata. A, bit, a huge weekend, obviously, but a lot of crazy storylines going into the weekend, too, guys. Um, you know, uh, LeBron playing out, just outlandish basketball, and uh, and we, you know, we went around and around on this topic on uh, on the Hangtime blog today. Uh, one, you know, wondering what else he could do, and then have we, you know, asking, have we ever seen anybody else on a run like this before? Um, and I, you know, so I started thinking back and and looking at, you know, hey, what do I remember from years, you know, years ago? And I realized I don't ever remember paying attention to the specific stats and the details of it. But you know, when I was in high school, Jordan had a stretch in in yep. the uh, eighty eight eighty nine season where he had triple doubles in ten of eleven games. Yeah, and I'm talking. If somebody was to do that now, I'm, I'm just imagine how outland, you know, how crazy the reaction would be for a guy to get triple doubles ten out of eleven that? straight games. What year was that? Eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Okay, I was in college. I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I went. I that's thought, a, that's I a shocking surprise. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't remember that. Yeah, I, and I, he, I, and this was this was pre championships. Like this was before he started winning titles. Yeah, I barely remember. And then people were – it was on Twitter last night. I saw people were talking about that. And, you know, it, it says something, though. I mean, whatever you – I don't know how you want to put what LeBron's doing into context. I don't know if you can. But if the only thing you can compare it to is Michael Jordan, then that's <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> that's a good start. That ain't bad company. Jumping off for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking LeBron. Believe me, I'm, you know um, – I think what he's doing is is tremendous, and but I, you know we're, they were just talk, asking, have you ever seen anything like it? And I was thinking, I don't. If I have, I I didn't pay as much attention to it at the time as I would, you know, obviously now. And uh, I also I just don't like that anytime something like this happens, we always have to race to to put it into context. Right? You know, it's, it's like he's LeBron hasn't won a title yet. Who's the best player never to win a title? It's there's always. <laughs> You're always comparing something to something else, and I, I kind of, especially in this situation, just I, I'm just enjoying watching LeBron play, um, and I, I kind of think, well, why don't we wait and let sort of let history put this into context? And for now, let's just watch it, watch this guy go, and it's it's unbelievable the way he's playing. It's a pretty good advertisement for the All Star Game on Sunday. You better believe that. Um. <laughs> well, isn't Mike? Well, isn't Michael turning? Michael's turning 52 this, this weekend. Yes. Not 52, but 50 also. Also, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, that's happening. Um, you know, you got to remember Bill Russell just turned uh, 79. Wow. I mean, some icons of the game celebrating birthdays during All-Star Week, which is, uh, which is always a good thing. And um, hopefully this weekend we get a chance to talk to uh, Bill Russell and have a little something for everybody next on next week's uh, Hangtime Podcast. See if you know, just uh, chat with the, the man himself, the Lord of the Rings. Make sure he's been listening. You know, knows that we've been uh, showing him some love here on the Hang Time Podcast. So, um, the other the other headline guys, this this I can't shake is our boy Lang Josh Smith in the uh, trade deadline crosshairs. Uh, David Aldridge of TNT had a uh, an item last late last week about the Brooklyn Nets trying to get their hands on uh, Jay Smooth. Uh, what do you think about? Josh and Joe Johnson reuniting in in Brooklyn. I actually talked to Josh last night for about half an hour uh, uh-huh. on the phone, and uh, I'm, it's going to be on GQ.com later this week once I have time to actually sit down and transcribe it. Um, right. But we, but we talked for a while, and, and he, he said, uh, you know, he realizes all this is out of his hands and out of his control. Uh, he realizes the NBA is a business, and he said, in a way, 
remember when he said a couple of weeks ago, uh, when he said he was asked, are you a max player? And he said, I think I am. Um, he said, if you're a business, you set your value as high as you can. Right. And, and that was basically what he did, um, by answering that question that way. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know what's going to happen. Um, he kind of just said, I'm just going to wait and see. Uh, he said he's going to spend all-star weekend somewhere where he can put his feet in the sand somewhere. Um, so he's going to just get out of the, get away for the weekend to miss all this stuff. Um, but I, I, well, I hope he's I going could, to the Bahamas, then. He, I, I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just say this: that he, I, I don't. I got the sense from him that he's just kind of letting this thing happen, and, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the Hawks know what they're going to do yet with this whole thing. Um, I, right. That trade to, to Brooklyn that was mentioned. If I'm the Hawks, I would think you could get more for Josh than than Chris Humphries and Marshawn Brooks. Um, right. I, I don't know what'll happen. I mean, if you're going to lose the guy in the summer and you don't want to pay him what he thinks he's worth, then maybe you trade him. So, uh, I'm I'm curious to see how this all plays out. What do you think is going to happen with this? I don't know, man. I, I I certainly think it's they've hit the point now where they don't have much of a choice. They have to move him. You know, you go through four or five years of the constant rumors every year. Uh, you know, at the trade deadline, it wears on everybody. I think you know if I'm Josh. And I'm looking at it, and I'm realizing that hey, the, the the contract I'm playing out is one that the Hawks didn't actually give me. You know, the the Memphis Grizzlies signed him to an offer sheet, and then the Hawks matched it. You know, it's right. I think the writing's been on the wall. You know, in terms of they value him, but maybe not at the at the level that he you know he thinks his contributions deserve. And if they don't believe in him, and Rick, I'd love to for you to talk about it a little bit. But I mean, if they if if a franchise doesn't believe in you in the way that you believe in yourself. You know, you almost have to find somewhere else to play, don't you? Yeah, I think it, there, there's, a, there's mutual respect that is needed, uh, especially when you're talking about your your cornerstone or uh, you know an individual who you're going to invest you know five six years at you know fifteen to eighteen million dollars a year into. Yeah, you kind of have to be on the same page, and you have to feel the love to some degree. Uh, yeah. And if those conversations aren't happening or they haven't been happening in the sense that they're talking about the future of the Hawks with him in mind at this point, then I'm sure it's an unsettling uh, feeling for Josh, Josh to know that he's just a commodity. Uh, and in that right. respect, then he's going to search the best deal for himself. Uh, and if you're, if you're the Hawks, at this point you say, look, you know, it's not that we don't believe maybe you're a, a max player, it's that Going forward with what we're building, having you as a max may not work for our future here in the foreseeable future because we're going to have to go and build a certain way that doesn't doesn't include you uh, at this point in time. And so I, I understand. I don't think so much it's a slight on his value as it's a slight. It's a it's a direction they may be going in that doesn't start with him. Right. I, I wonder, Rick. You mentioned as a player, you know, hearing that the team doesn't quite value you as much as you might think you're valued. And it, it is a business. And we always hear players talk about, well, I know it's a business. Is is that easy for a player to, to embrace? Now when you're young. Yeah. Because you still want to be liked. You still want to be loved. You want to believe that, you know, you're wanted and, and you're seen in the light that you're striving to be seen in, which is one of the best players in the game. And, and right. a max contract kind of, kind of comes with that title of, you know, we consider you one of the top 20, 20, you know, 29 players in the game, 30 players in the game. And uh, what, they're, what they've done this year uh, and what he's done with the Hawks over the last few years statistically says that that would warrant a max. But also then when you're evaluating, can you build a team around him? And going forward, is he a leader? Is he, is he doing it on and off the court? Is he making decisions? He was in the prime of his career at, at 27, so you have to think that he's still got a bright future ahead of him in the game for another six, seven years. It's just, do you believe he's that guy? And I, I, I think if they believed that, you would have heard it already. It would have been stated. Uh, Danny Ferry's a new general manager. Maybe he has a different philosophy of basketball that Josh doesn't fit into. Uh, and it, I don't think it's a disrespect. Uh, it's not disrespectful to Josh if – Josh doesn't fit the direction they want to go in because someone, someone will value him and see him as that type of player. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think 
if you're looking at guys whose names will be prominent, you know, going into the next week, his is up there. Um, inevitably, there will be someone who comes out of nowhere and, and lands in the middle of that trade deadline mix. Um, but right now, Josh is the one guy you look at. You know, I know we talked about Rudy Gay forever. Like, you know, uh, he's going to get traded. They want to move Rudy Gay. They got to do something with Rudy Gay. You know, and if the Grizzlies, for whatever reasons, you know, didn't feel like Rudy Gay could be a part of what they had, you know, going on um, in the future, he certainly looks like he's taken to his new environment well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's played great for the Raptors. Yeah, uh, And I'm wondering, that's the kind of thing I, I wonder about Josh. Will he go to his next destination, wherever it might be, and, and blow up? And, and then how much regret is there on the part of the Hawks? You know, that they, you know, we had to give this guy up or we didn't, you know, we moved this guy on and he ends up becoming the player that we hoped he would be here. Well, well the question I would have is why can't you make him be that player here? You know, he, yeah. we've seen him in Atlanta for so long. And the one thing people always complain about is he shoots too many jump shots. He hangs out around the perimeter too much. And my question there is like, well, why don't why don't you put him in the post? Like, why why do you keep putting him <laughs> at the three point line? Why do you have him yeah. on the perimeter at the three point line? Um, so I, I don't. I, I I would like to see him also. I'm curious how what kind of player he could be in a different system. How he could play with other teammates and in if he's used in different ways. I guess uh, I don't know if if that can happen in Atlanta uh, because they haven't for the last whatever it's been eight years they haven't figured out how to use him differently they he's pretty much been the same type of player for a long time now right number of different coaches too though so it's yeah it's either either he's he's a a, a rubik's cube and uh <laughs> and, and an, an, an enigma and hard to figure out in the sense that his basketball game is so versatile yet yet uh you know, coaches have have had success with him as a part of the team, but yet still, there's this untapped, you know, upside that's that we all still feel is there. Yeah. So, so is it the system? Is it a system that he needs to find? Like you said, he goes somewhere, he's in a different system, and all of a sudden, his uh, his value or his his effectiveness increases because of uh, his being placed in the right places to succeed. I think it's also because he's so unique in the way he plays. There's not a lot of guys who are that size who can run, uh, who block that many shots. Um, and and I, I I think of a guy like a Lamar Odom who yeah. bounces around and then ends up you know playing fantastic with the Lakers or, or whatever. So I, it's to me it's I, I think it's partly the system and then partly the coaching and and where he ends up and and all this stuff plays together to become like this big puzzle. Uh, maybe it is a big Rubik's cube, as, as Rick said. I think, I think that's a great that's a great comparison, though. I think yeah. that, I think a Lamar Odom comparison is a really because when as earlier on with the Clippers and and then down in Miami, you know, the numbers were always there. You could see the potential, and then eventually, you know, he links up with Phil Phil Jackson and the Lakers in a system of basketball that just he just flourished in. It how much like of that really is intelligent, how much, how much of that is Phil Jackson in the Lakers system? How much of that is Lamar or something clicking with him and him starting to play like within him within his limitations or something? Uh, I think Phil Jackson in the triangle really, really put some put some structure around his game. Yeah. Uh and uh taught him the value of, 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 of winning and how great that can that can be. Because uh, then you take him out of the triangle, he goes to Dallas and it all falls apart. Uh, he's been finding his way back with the Clippers a little bit, but you can see the difference of, you know, great player, you know, good player goes to great being around great talent and great system and great coach. So I think he still needs, he still needs that experience. And if he gains that experience in his career, then you're absolutely right. Now all of a sudden he looks like what we see, you know, from what we saw from Lamar for four years. Right. Yeah. So much of what Josh, has has gone through uh, and done in his career, I think, is colored by the fact that he's always been in Atlanta. You know? Yeah. And I've talked to him about it before. I've talked to his dad about it. You know, you got a guy who's – he's never really been allowed to grow outside of the cocoon that is his hometown, and that's dangerous, you know, because as, as any athlete would tell you, you think you want to play in your hometown, and then you get there and realize there's some extra pressure and there's some added responsibility that comes with being the hometown cat. Josh has some crazy examples in other sports, even. Um, 
you know, Lang, you know Jeff Francoeur, you know, when he played for mm-hmm. the, for the baseball player when he played for the Braves. He was the hometown kid, the home run hitter, high school superstar, you know, two-sport athlete, All-American, all this. And, man, when he went, when they went south, Rick, with the Braves, they couldn't get him out of town fast enough. <laughs> you know, when well, he started struggling, it's just a, it's that's a different an interesting, beat. That's an interesting comparison. The difference, I think, there is that when it went south, it really went south. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was striking out every other at bat. Josh is never, to me, Josh is never. His game has not slipped or been that. You know, he, he obviously has. Maybe he shoots too many outside shots, or maybe he passes uh, too often, or whatever. But there's nothing huge like that, like Frank Coor had. That you know, I mean, they've been. Yeah. <clears throat> they traded Frank Coor for a guy with a concussion, basically. Like they, they, they were just having to get him out of town so fast. So I, I think they trade him to the Mets, like their big rival. Uh, I don't think there's that that around Josh. They're not trying to give him away, uh, right? Right. But they still don't really know what to do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things that we'll watch it again up to the clock. You know, 3 p.m. on February 21st to the trade deadline to see what happens. Maybe you know, maybe they move him. Maybe they don't. Maybe they. You know, finally figure out how to coexist. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, at least one thing we know for sure: on that same day, the Dallas Mavericks will be rocking ZZ Top beards. They are still going to be wearing these <laughs> these beards that they they refuse to shave, Rick, until they get to five hundred. Um, and not everybody similar. looks good in a beard. Is all I'm going to say. Not everybody yeah. looks good with facial hair. Yeah, I I tried that with. I think I did try it with braids one time. I tried to grow my let my hair go for a long, long time. <laughs> it's not pretty. Sometimes sometimes you just gotta concede concede <laughs> that you're not a hockey player and it, it works for hockey players, they get the they get the hall pass when they're going through the playoffs and standing cup, but yeah, basketball players it's just you know, we're on T V far too much. Too many people are watching there. <laughs> those, those 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 photos are the big hot me to this day. I still every once in a while people will pull out a photo of me and I'm like, well, what was I thinking? <laughs> Man. I mean it's admirable and all that they you know, that they the the unity that they're showing and all that, but it's you know look at the schedule, fellas, now before you go doing something crazy. Yeah, yeah like make sure this is the right thing to do. <laughs> So, I, I, um, Rick was tweeting about uh, about dreadlocks the other night. Yeah, yeah. Damon Marley, the, the Grammys. I was watching the Grammys. Uh, they had a Bob Marley tribute, and Bruno Mars brought out Sting. Or I should say Bruno Mars was on stage when Sting came out. Um, and and then Ziggy uh, <laughs> Marley and Rihanna and, and Damon Marley. Damon Marley had dreads that were hitting the floor. Could you imagine that? <laughs> dreads that was hitting the floor. <laughs> it was so impressive. I wanted to be a roster at that point, just for the hair. <laughs> I, I didn't watch a single second of the Grammys for about the tenth straight year. I don't. I don't ever watch that stuff. The Grammys, the Oscars. I'm hor- I mean, I'm horrible. I don't watch any of that stuff. You know, uh, it, it, it's it's they have a couple. You know, they usually have a couple good mashups where you get a couple artists to collaborate at the Grammys. That's usually pretty historic. Yeah. So. I know that they. Uh, I saw the, the report though that they told all the ladies they they didn't want them wearing. You know. That's probably why you didn't watch it. <laughs> that had a lot to do with it, Rick. I will not lie. Um, <laughs> that's just an invitation for cats like me to go. Mm, let me watch NBA TV that night. I mean, you know, you got you can't wear skimpy outfits. Really? Yeah, right. I'm gonna tune in and watch Chuck Brett Barry in a suit. All right, guys. Well, listen, uh, Lang. There's some, there's some other uh, members of the crew in the news here uh, today making headlines. Apparently, Dwight Howard is not a not a, a Rick Fox aficionado. He's not seen Rick's extensive library of NBA action, college basketball action, nothing. He apparently Rick Dwight he doesn't see you, bro. He he, said, he doesn't see you. Has never seen you, and has no idea that you played in the NBA. I mean. Well, Your championships be damned, bro. He... Yeah, I, I don't look. You know, I, I don't have I don't I don't have access to his uh, TiVo at home, or I don't know <laughs> what, what you know what he was doing the last fifteen years. But I, I don't I don't necessarily I'm not concerned so much that he hasn't seen me play. That's fine with me. I, as a Laker fan, I'm more concerned that if he doesn't know the history of the Lakers, or if he doesn't understand. Uh, 
that uh, you know championship basketball from watching. He should be watching the NBA Finals the last eight nine years, I would think. Because <laughs> you know? um, uh, he's, he's he's expressed wanting to win championships, or he's studied the people that have won championships or the teams that have won championships. Definitely get that you know be, you know I was not the focal point of our teams in the sense that Shaq and Kobe overshadowed a lot of that that attention, right. but. But uh, you know I, he's a Laker now, so he's in the fraternity, and and uh, for me, you know, I want him to know as much about championship basketball so he could he can actually help bring some more of those to the Laker, you know, to the Laker, to Los Angeles, to the Lakers. So uh, maybe I'll send him some tapes. And his feelings <laughs> might have been hurt because I, you know, I get paid to analyze basketball, and I, you know, I was asked what I saw, and I equated it to a lot of what I saw when I was on a lot of bad teams, uh, so a lot of the behavior, the things he's been saying, quite frankly, remind me a lot of uh, the players and the teams that I was a part of that weren't very successful. So, right. so you know, you call you call out in truth what you see, and that's kind of what I'm asked to do, and, and it may have hurt his feelings. Uh, but it's okay. He doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't mind he hasn't seen me play. I kind of am more concerned that he hasn't seen the Lakers win championships then. Well, Lang, you – I mean, I know I know this is a sensitive situation out there right now in L.A. for Dwight. Um, we've covered it ad nauseum here. But, but Rick, uh, you, you, you haven't been saying anything but the same truth you've been speaking, you know, here on the podcast, just about no. the fact that something's missing. I mean, you know, why is it – why is it a sore spot for him now? Did somebody bring it up to him or what? I mean, well, what's I the deal, it, Lang? Uh, what, what do you think, Lang? I think he must have finally heard it. <laughs> I think I think what we know now is that Dwight does not listen to the Hang Time podcast. That's disappointing. Well, yeah, that that's a that's now I take it personal. <laughs> not personal. What? Now you upset? Now he now he just doesn't like the NBA. Right. One thing not to like Rick Fox, but now you just don't like the NBA. <laughs> it's uncalled for. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, look, I, he's had a lot. He's had a lot of heat on him out here, man, and and a lot of that. What I don't think, quite frankly, he's really been aware of is how much of this is due to his his actions and his comments and and his own behavior. And right. so you have to really, really be isolated and in a cocoon and surround by people that aren't really actually telling you what you need to hear. And uh, and so in the case of ESPN uh, radio the other day, you know, I was asked my feelings on it, and, and this this is just how I feel. I can only give, I'm one person, I'm one individual that's been a part of the Laker organization, but I'm not the first retired Laker or former Laker to speak out, or current Laker, to speak right, out about right. this situation. I just happened to be moved in a passionate way the other day, because I'm just, it's, I can't, I can't really personally associate with that type of behavior and those type of comments. And so if you call me a retired Laker and you say I'm a Laker and I'm always a part of the family, and you're saying that the individuals that wear the uniform right now are representing city and all of us, the fans and, and those that came before you, then I don't want that to represent me. I don't want that type of behavior. It doesn't mean that that behavior can't change. It doesn't mean that his awareness of, 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 of how, you know, how blessed he should feel about being in an organization that's committed to championship excellence you know, I, I I can't associate with anything that that resembles otherwise. So, right. so I got a little passionate, and I think it reached him, and I think it might have offended him, and may have upset him, and hurt his feelings. And for that, I don't I don't apologize for what I said. I'm not sorry that I said what I said because it's what I feel, it's what I believe. And uh, the fact that it got maybe sanctioned and accredited by the rest of the fan base here in L.A. might have heightened uh, his awareness of it, and maybe put him on the defensive how how much you know grief is he getting out there right now rick because i mean for where we sit you know we're we're across the country in different parts of the country we maybe don't understand the vitriol or whatever that's being directed at dwight right now what's what are the what are they saying on the airwaves you know on la sports talk radio or you know i'm saying about him and his performance yeah it's hot it's hot and it's hot for him right now and and it's and it's not so much about, I don't think so much about his performance as it is about his actions and how he's, how he's actually portraying his, himself as a Laker. 
and his desire to be or not be here. Now, you can say, okay, well, you know, you can't talk about these things. Free agency doesn't come till July. I get all that stuff. He, he's not allowed to – he shouldn't be starting up a conversation about contractual stuff in the middle of the season here. But, but at the end of the day, we're not – we as Laker fans and a Laker organization, I don't think they care so much about, um, you know, the, the – um, his statistical numbers and whether or not he's playing at a high level, you know, we, we appreciate that he's playing not at a hundred percent, but look, I don't, you name me one athlete that's running around any top level athlete that's running around talking about the injuries all day long. They don't do it. You can't get Kobe to talk about his injuries. You can't get former players, magic. They don't talk about their injuries. They're injured. If they can play, they show up and they play. And they don't make excuses about, well, I'm hurt and I'm this and I'm that. No, because then you can't be mad when if I'm the opponent and you're sitting there talking about my back hurts, my arm hurts, my this hurts, you better believe I'm going to pull on your arm and pop you on your back. (laughs) You're showing me where you're weak. So so first of all, stop talking about that. And second of all, if you're talking about, well, I deserve to have the ball, I need to be the number one uh, option, I need to be taking more shots, I'm sorry. You're hurt. Now let me get it right. Are you hurt or are you not hurt? Because why would we have you carry the majority of the load if you're not 100%? Second of all, where has that ever generated championship success? Right. It hasn't. you got three guys on your team who've won two championships. you got it's so like you got a Kobe Bryant, damn near maybe the best basketball player to ever played a game, who's got five rings, who's not having an off-season. <laughs> like maybe one of the best years of his career, he kind of has the blueprint. Okay, so <laughs> when I when I look at your game, I say, okay, Dwight, the value you bring to us is that you've been a great presence in the paint. You haven't been a dominating back-to-the-basket player. You average 20, 19 to 21 points a game. Okay? That, if, if, we, if we give you the ball 30 times a game, you're still going to average 20 points a game. That's not game-changing presence. If I need you to go for 45, Dwight, and save us all, I've never seen that happen. Okay? So, so you need to know your limitations. You need to know, quite frankly, what you are. And what you are is a dominating, rebounding, physical, defensive presence in the paint. That's your, that's your staple. That's why we give you $120 million or whatever. And that's going to come whether you've got a bad back and a bad uh, shoulder or not. That's, someone's going to give that to you. We're going to give that to you. We would, what we want from you is to be realistic about who you are. And after nine years in this league, you're not a 30-point average, 15-rebound guy at night. You're not that. You can stumble on, on 20 points without us having to give you the ball. <laughs> you know, so it's like if you told me, look, back to the I'm, – I'm talking an awful long time here. You <laughs> nah, man, you listen. Yeah, now we know why Dwight wants to fight you. It's all good. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, I, look, I, I, look. I said I have nothing. Look, look. We're talking basketball, and it's hard for right. me not to talk passionately about the Lakers. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I my uh, my piece of my heart, a piece of my my tendon is still in that locker room. You know, I know what it's like to play, play hurt. You know, I, I, we've all done it. It's not a special thing. If you if you're right. fortunate enough to be in the league eight, nine, ten years in this league, you're at seventy percent. Just just flat out. 100% doesn't happen anymore. Okay, so right. it's 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 really it's really disrespectful to everyone else in the locker room who's fucked, who's probably hurt too and feeling this, uh, uh, their own level of pain. Why does your level right. of pain become more important than Paul Gasol's? You don't hear Paul Gasol talking about it. You don't hear Kobe Bryant talking about his tendonitis in his arm. Like it's like it's not your injuries aren't special. They're a part of your challenge as a player, but they're a part of the group's challenge as a team. We understand, we are, I'm sure his teammates appreciate him going out there and battling. But it isn't about feel sorry for me and my injuries. Right. It's about, hey, look, we're battling through this together. Everyone here is dealing with – Steve Blake just came back from being missing half the season. Okay, so, so it's just like it's not about you, Dwight. It should be, it should be about the team. Well, All of that, you, are, you have established yourself in, in a – big enough fashion that you're going to get your money, even if you didn't play the rest of the year. Someone's still going to give you $100 million. So it's not about money. Okay, if you say, okay, it's about my life after basketball, I respect that. But then you got to you right. gotta decide. Don't step on the court then. 
I, here, Rick, Rick, the, the, court. the question the question I have about all this is is it's not about I wonder if it's not about um, Dwight saying oh I'm hurt you know just make sure you guys know I'm hurt as it is about when Kobe gets hurt when Powell gets hurt you don't really hear the the talk of uh, people saying well why isn't why isn't Gasol putting up better numbers why isn't he doing this or that and with Dwight I wonder if there's part of this is is Dwight just wondering like why he doesn't get the respect that those guys do? Those I know guys the answer, are champions. But I'm just <laughs> They're champions. They have rings. The <laughs> I'm just saying that's I think that might be part you of it. You earn thing. respect. You get your respect when you when you earn it. <laughs> he has not earned it. What has he earned? You know what I mean you know the long list of guys that have averaged twenty and eleven in this league? He's not special. That's not special. Special is proving that you know what it takes to win a championship. And if you've actually won, that you've actually sacrificed within a group of individuals, it plays your role. Your role might be big this year. It may be little next year. It may be a different size the year after that. Every year and every team is different. Everyone plays a different role. You get injured. Your role changes. If Kobe got injured tomorrow, you still want him on the court, but he don't want him to shoot the ball 30 times a game. Yeah. The role changes. So you got you can't be so stuck in, I'm a number one, and I want the same touches, and I want the same shots, irregardless that I'm not playing at 100% health. Irregardless that I got the best basketball player in the world on my team, bar, bar LeBron James. Irregardless that I got a two-time NBA point guard, Hall of Fame uh, MVP on my team. Irregardless that I got two other guys that have won championships on my team. But everything that they've been doing, should just we should just forget about, and we should all circle around me and make my game the most important direction we go in. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think he's in a he's been in a in a tough spot. Obviously, you know his dad came out and uh, spoke to Jeff Schultz of the Atlanta Journal Constitution about what's going on in L.A. and how he felt like Dwight was being uh, you know wasn't the situation wasn't being handled properly by Mike D'Antoni or Kobe talking about Dwight repeatedly. But I thought his dad guy said something that was really interesting. He talked about the fact that Dwight going from you know Orlando to LA and going from being the man and these these are his dad's words basically like from being the man mm-hmm. to a second or third tier you know player in the in an organization like the Lakers was more than Dwight could handle and I'm wondering do you guys see that Lang do you see that as a factor at all between Dwight's ears just like you know in Orlando go, everything was catered to me I go to LA and it's all catered to Kobe and and do I think that is a um do I think that's a factor in the way he's he's played this season? You're saying in the way he's just handling himself, you know. I'm sure there's some sort of. I'm sure that it's to hit to your ego to to all of a sudden go from being the man to being uh, yeah. a supporting cast member, um, and in a contract year, I'm sure that plays on his plays on it too. Even even if it shouldn't, I'm sure it does. Um, I I don't. I I, I to me really I I just think there's some level of frustration on Dwight's part that he's not able to play the way he thinks he can play either because of the system he's in or physically or whatever it is. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing. Um, and it, it's, I, it also seems to me that, that uh, people don't have a lot of patience for it, you know, that, yeah. that, that, well, they, no, that they expect no, him yeah. to show up and do it right away. Well, no, they expect him to do his job. Right. right. Okay. His job is to play basketball, okay? His job is to play basketball. Now, whether he thinks he's getting his job done based on his health challenges or the system is, and, and whatever or you know, whatever other you know, reasons he's placed on there, it's all, you know, that's all about you got, other people are stopping me from doing what I think I can do, okay? But then when I look at statistically what he's done, if we just break it down to statistics, he's right on par. Yeah. Okay, so he's off maybe three points. He does lead the league in he, rebounds. He, he's right on par. So it's not like he's, there's been this massive dip. Now maybe he had this, maybe he had an expectation and the thought that he'd be able to do more 
but it should have been more statistically. It should have been more collectively. You come into L.A. to win championships. Now, if you're, which I hope, which I'm sure he is, if he's frustrated that they're 25 and 29, then great. But I don't hear him say that. I don't hear him saying, I'm pissed off with 25 and 29. I'm really upset about that. We're losing. We shouldn't be sucking. This doesn't make any sense to me. He's not saying that. So it tells me that's not on the top of his list. That's like not in his, maybe on the list somewhere. Right. But it's not on the top, and that's the problem. And, and, and in this town, in L.A., unfortunately for him, quite frankly, he's finding this out the hard way. Unfortunately yeah. for him, this city knows what it looks like. They know what championship actions and talk and play, even if you're not winning a championship, they know what it, what, they know what it looks like going down the hill. They know when the, when the, when the ball starts rolling what it's supposed to look and sound like. And anything that doesn't look and sound like that becomes suspicious for them. Yeah. And then if you tack on losing, then they bring out the microscope. And then they start looking at, because they're an intelligent audience here, man. They, they've won 16 champs. They're an intelligent audience. Yeah. So they know. And then when you pile on the fact that Magic Johnson starts saying stuff, and then James Worthy, who's doing the radio the TV broadcast every game, is calling it out. And then you got Robert Ory starting to talk. I mean, these are people before me. So, I'm, you know, I just, I did just caught me, you know, at a time where I just had, I could, you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you what I'm yep. feeling. I'm one person. As a former Laker, this is what I feel. This is what he's giving me, and this is, what, this is how it makes me feel. Rick, okay? let me, I could let be me, completely wrong. Let me ask you this, Rick. As a, as a guy who was a part of the championship teams in L.A., and, and I'm sure you've had teammates, you don't have to be specific, but... I'm sure you had teammates who, who, for whatever reason, didn't understand their role or couldn't accept their role. And usually that happens I would assume, every year. That happens every year. Okay. And I, so I assume it normally that gets handled either by the coach or by another player or somebody sits the guy down and talks to him. The way you're talking now seems like the way you would talk to a teammate. Uh, why hasn't that happened with Dwight yet? Uh, yeah, look, Dwight. Dwight's a big personality in the sense that he's, a, he, you know, he's a free. I, I, this conversation's been had, and I think it's why there's some friction because it, it's one thing to have the conversation, but it's another thing to have it uh, land and actually be received. Right. You know, I think I think it's been. I think he's been. They've been very careful about how they communicate with Dwight because he he can actually walk. He can yeah. leave. He's injured enough that he can shut it down. You know, like so, it, it, it's this coddling and this really, you know, the babying approach of let's not upset him because what happens if he leaves? Well, I, you I'm think sorry. more that goes on now, Rick, than used to in terms of, you know, when a when a young player comes in the league and you, you know, not just free agents but just a young guy. Because I, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, I've had a player, uh, a current player, tell me that that was one thing that frustrates him about his team is he's like, you know, yeah, he's like when I was a rookie, we got yelled at all the time. He's like, now I'm a vet, and I'm yelling at a young cat, and the coaches are telling me back off. You know, you can't damage young, you know, the young guy's psyche. At least, you know, you can't howl at him all the time. And he's he's stunned. He's like, what do you mean you can't yell at me all the time? He's like, that's all that happened to me when I was a young player. Do you think there's been a shift in the league the last few years? Yeah, look, man, we got we the the the, the skin is thin, the psyche yeah. is fragile, and and it's quite frankly because. You got a generation of players that go five, six, seven games being, I mean, years being, you know, really being pampered and and fragilely brought along so that they don't lose their confidence. Look, man, the first week of me as a Celtic back in '91, I got it from three prong from Larry, Kevin, and Robert Parrish. <laughs> they broke me down. They broke me down because, you look. You gotta be broken down. Dean Smith did it to me as a as a high school player coming into Carolina. I came right. in with what I thought was the right amount of confidence, and he stripped me of every ounce of confidence, and then I earned and built it back up. Right. So that is actually a foundation is solid and strong. So that when someone does challenge me or talk trash about me or challenge me on the court physically, 
it, it doesn't go anywhere because I've, I've already been tested by my fellow brother teammates who care enough right. about me to actually go at me and show me what it's really like to be a man in this league. And if you don't have veterans, look at, look at the guys around this league who struggle that are young players and look at the veterans that are on the teams they're on. Young fellow DeMarcus Cousins, right? right? Been struggling to find his, his manhood in this league. Skilled across the board, talented kid, but doesn't have the veterans around him to go and they're saying, look, young fella, that don't cut it. You don't get to act like that, all right? Because you represent all of us and yourself. And that's not how we get down, all right? So they, they, and if someone checks these kids at the, bright, at the young enough age, then they know how to conduct themselves going forward. And then they, they carry on that baton to the next generation. Unfortunately, you don't have enough of these old heads on these teams that are teaching these young kids how to be men in this league yeah. and how to accept criticism, how to take it, how to incorporate it in their game. How to brush it off? How to respond? You know, you know how to respond correctly. Even if you got to go at someone yourself, I don't mind if Dwight. Look, if Dwight would have told me Rick Fox shut up, I would have respected that more than him saying <laughs> I've never seen Rick Fox play. Right? Cause, you know, because it, it, it's just like, look, I don't need to be your friend, Dwight. I don't have any, I don't have any issues with you. But what I what I do want to see is I do want to see you represent the uniform and represent the Lakers like you, A, want to be there, and with respect for, for right. your teammates and those that have come before you. And these great players are telling you these things because they, they want you to step up and be the next generation. Right. That's all that is. I don't, we don't need to go out to dinner or lunch. I'll, that's okay with me. <laughs> no, well, step, off the court, take the, step off the court, take the Laker jersey off. And I guarantee you, Dwight and I could sit and have dinner and hang out and joke and be on a set and do all those things and not have a personal, emotional, you know, spark come up from me. Right. Put that put that Laker jersey on and represent us all. And now I got an issue if you're not doing it right. <laughs> right. The only way you guys that. are gonna sit. The only way you guys are gonna sit down and eat is if Dwight's a crazy vegan, also. <laughs> but hey, you know that's 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 real talk though, Rick, and that's that's coming from a vet to a young guy. I want, I'm I'm wondering how much of this season will help Dwight and and shape him a little bit going forward, and how much of it knocks the wind out of his, you know, sails a little bit and sends him reeling. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping to see him bounce back from all this adversity right now because this is the first time really in his career. The last two years, you know, basically, or the last year, basically, where he's really been in the in the in the you know in a, in a position where he's having to defend his work ethic, his attitude, his pers- you know, his persona, and all that sort of stuff. So I'm, you know, very interested to see how he responds to this going forward. I know, you know, we'll we won't know that obviously, like you said, history decides, you know, um, and we'll have to wait and see how he reacts. Well, well, he has, he has. He and me now. He has a he has a an individual that'll be watching closely. That's actually wanting to see him then now mature and grow into yeah. a champion. Because yeah, then then I'll know that then I'll know that there's a young man that finally they finally got it. Right. You know what I mean? He finally got it, and then he can he can turn around and pass that lesson on to someone else. Right. right. Rick is talking right now like he has the right to brag, and uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> who can we can we discuss who actually has the bragging rights? Absolutely, uh, and I don't think we should belabor the point any longer. I mean, I need my, I need my intro music though. I'm like Shaft. I gotta have intro music when I'm getting ready to get my bragging rights on. It's time for bragging rights as the guys put their rep on the line. Fellas, the king is still on the throne. Twenty five and eighteen. Oh. I'm still on top, still number one. Uh, but Rick is, Rick is he? He's making me nervous, Lang. He's Canaan. He's seriously <laughs> making me nervous. He's well, twenty-three, twenty. The Brooklyn, every, the Brooklyn Nets would have showed up for more than three quarters of the Spurs. <laughs> Jeez. Spurs without, you know, everybody went one and two last week. Oh my gosh! <laughs> everybody, everybody went one and two last week. How, how despicable is that? Yeah. Uh, it's called parody. They call it parody in the NBA. Um, Lang, you you do realize you with the Mavs, you gotta you gotta keep growing the beard until you 
till you get over 500 or at least reach 500. Well, I, I don't I don't have to. I I grow facial hair like a 12 year old boy anyway. So if I don't <laughs> shave for a month, you're not going to notice anyway. So uh, <laughs> so I'm not going to shave anyway this week. So we'll see how it, we'll see how it comes out. Well, I'm chilling. I'm Greg. Give us the games this week. Let's go ahead and get this out of the way so I can separate from these clowns. All right, all right. First game of the excuse me. First game of the week will be a finals rematch. Miami at OKC Thursday night. Miami. That's the one. That's in off the All Star right? game at OKC right before the All Star weekend. Yeah. Oh, this Thursday. Yeah. Oh yeah. The TNT, yeah. TNT, TNT game baby. TNT. I'll go Miami. Sekou? D-Wade, D-Wade and LeBron are playing crazy right now. I mean, they just the both of them are playing through the roof right now, um, which is why I'm going with the Thunder. <laughs> I just feel, I mean, the home court, the Thunder, got, they got to they gotta plant the flag a little bit and let everybody know that they, you know, they're they not taking any mess, so I'm going with the Thunder. Yeah. After that Utah loss, that was, that was a tough loss for the Thunder. I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with uh, right before the All-Star weekend. I'm going I'm going Heat. All right, there we go. See, that that could be the the decider right there. Yep, that's why I went Heat. Everybody's, everybody's hating. Why y'all always rooting against me just come <laughs> on top? I feel like LeBron with all these haters. All right, second game will be the – we just, just we just talked about this. We're going to go Clippers versus Lakers – in L.A., obviously. Clippers and Lakers. Let's have uh, let's have Rick Rick let's have Rick pick this one first. Chris Paul is back with a vengeance. Yes, sir. Um, when is that game? That is also Thursday right? night, last game before the the All Star break. Kobe had an off night. He had an off night, so he was probably going to come back. Uh, I'm blast for me. I'm going Clippers. <laughs> Dwight Howard's going to be upset with you. Um, I'm going to I'm going to pick. Uh, hmm. It's a good question here. I mean, because this is a way for the Lakers to kind of to make a statement if they can win. Yeah, the Clipper game or a Laker game? It's Laker at the game, Lakers. Right? It's at Lakers. So Staples Center. Um, and the Clippers play the night before at home, but still. Um. I'm gonna go Clippers. I'm I'm going with the Clippers as well. I think uh, having Chris Paul back makes a world of difference. And, yep. Uh, you know, I, I, the Lakers just do not inspire confidence in me. It has nothing to do with the White. Man, did you see that? Did you see the game last night, man? That third quarter, they scored nine points. Man. Yeah, they man. scored nine points against the Phoenix Suns. That is ugly. I mean, yeah. All right, well, you guys all went with Cleveland last week, and all three of you lost, so just letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> Minnesota, that was terrible. We need right, to be picking who's going to win the All-Star, like the dunk contest or something. I mean, no, no, final game of the weekend will be the East versus the West. <laughs> we might as well flip a coin on this, and and, the, and that might not even be uh, random enough to you pick. You got yourself. that right. I'll go East. I'm going East. Yeah. Going East. Yeah, I'm going East. They got They got the horses. They got yep. the horses playing well too. I'm going with the East. All right, so yep. that's it. Remember right. last year? Last we, year, Dwayne Dwayne Wade broke Kobe's nose in the All Star game. Yeah, yeah. Kobe was still filling it up. Yeah, you know, and Dur- and Durant was just bonkers. Um, yeah, I'm going. With, I'm going with LeBron and the boys getting payback. Yeah. And I'm telling you, my wild card, my wild card MVP pick. I'm throwing this in there is Carmelo. I think Carmelo might go for forty in the All Star game this weekend. Yeah, I don't doubt that either. If he doesn't, it won't be for a lack of trying, I think. <laughs> Listen, we got to thank the Devil's Cheerleaders for hanging out with us this week, even though Rick's the only one who saw him. Um, I'll, I'll send picks. God bless cheerleaders. <laughs> um, and, uh, guys, if we, can, if we can sneak our way in Saturday night, we got to try and sneak our way into Kenny Smith's party uh, down here in Houston. It's, it's the only party I hear people buzzing about right now going into the weekend, so. Yeah, it's supposed to be the big one. So, Kenny could hit, Kenny hit me what, talking about golf on Thursday, but he he uh, he can't golf. We know that. He doesn't know how to golf. What are you doing with a golf tournament? We know you. you know we know golf? he's not bringing Charles to go golf. So, 
Um, but yeah, if we all make it through All Star Weekend without getting incarcerated, and I'm in, and Lang, I'm talking to you. Um, we'll be right back here next week on the Hang Time Podcast, and we will see you then. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. And be sure to check out the Hangtime blog on NBA.com. And as always, say Kuna Matata.